During a three-day Civil War battle at Gettysburg in early July 1863, there were over 23,000 Union casualties, including more than 3,000 deaths, and 28,000 Confederate casualties, including at least 4,000 deaths. A portion of the battlefield was dedicated as a National Soldiers Cemetery for the thousands of soldiers who had died. Abraham Lincoln wrote and spoke the famous words known as the Gettysburg Address at the ceremony on November 19, 1863. He was not the main speaker for the dedication. Edward Everett, a well-known orator, was the chief speaker and spoke for two hours. Lincoln's speech consisted of 272 words, lasted two minutes, and became known as one of the greatest speeches ever made by an American president. Many young people were in the huge crowd that day. Henry Jacobs, who was standing in front of the speaker's stand, wrote the following about President Lincoln. At first, his voice sounded a little strained and high-pitched, as if he were trying to throw his voice to the outer edge of the crowd. He held in his right hand the manuscript, which he had brought from the White House. He emphasized the words of, by, and for the people with a stiff yet sweeping bend of his body, holding the manuscript rigidly in both hands. Then he drew himself up to his immense height with his arms outstretched, and he impressively uttered the final words, shall not perish from the earth. Four score. And seven years ago, our fathers brought forth onto this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that the government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Hello everyone, it's Kennedy with the Keeping Up With Kennedy podcast, the show where I live my life at warp speed and see if you have what it takes to follow along. Throughout our journey together, we'll learn what it really means to dream without fear and live without limits. So sit down, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. All right, hello everybody, welcome back. I missed you guys last week. I'm sorry there was no episode. I was very busy and I just had a lot going on, so I needed to take a little break for myself to kind of like recapture the vision of this podcast. Sometimes I feel like I just get hooked on something and I just ride it out and sometimes I go a little too far and that's okay. So let me just give you guys a little guide for where we're going here. So season one, I 
had no clue what I was doing. All I knew was why I was doing it, right? And then season two, I was hustling, trying to get to Alex and Miley. You, you guys all saw that. I got to Brandy and Hannah, and that's close enough for me for now. I'm still, I'm still shooting for Miley's New Year's party. So Miley, if you're listening, I'm still ready for my invite. Um, just let me know. So this episode here marks the start of season three. And what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you guys, it's a great place to be. It's like, where are we headed now? Your guess is as good as mine. We're off to wherever I want to take us. And I've got big dreams and I do have a concrete vision for this podcast now. So with that, I cordially would like to welcome you to the official Keeping Up With Kennedy. Okay, so first of all, I'd like to address my intro. I know y'all are probably like, what the heck is this? I didn't sign up for a history lesson. And I need to pause here. This podcast is for me to say whatever I want. And I want the public to know that we are currently in a modern day civil war that will not be named until we see it about 10 years later in retrospect. Now, I won't go on too long right here and now about this topic, but I do wanna leave you with a few quotes that you can think about and personally reflect on on your own time. Our nation was founded on the proposition that all men are created equal. And Lincoln has asked us to never forget what our soldiers have done here to fight for this concept that everyone is created equal. In the 1800s, they were giving their lives with a dream, a dream that everyone in our nation would go forward and prosper with equality. And I personally do not think we are doing them proud. Our nation is one of the most divided nations right down the 50-50 line that I have, I mean, I'm not even that old. I haven't seen much that I've heard about in history. And you know, this isn't something that a lot of people are talking about and it needs to be brought up. The history of this nation is not pretty a lot of the time, but Lincoln said in the Gettysburg Address that we are dedicating grave sites and statues and historical records and everything that built the foundation of our nation is there as a sign for us to look at and see the great task remaining before us. We need to progress past that point and we can't make further progress or growth if we don't know where we're starting from. Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. My main point here is that I see Lincoln up in the sky looking down on us in disgust at how divided this country is right now and the fact that no one cares to even unite it because everybody has their own political agenda for any subject you can name can be turned into a political argument these days. And I've had enough of it. It's time for everybody to grow up, stop complaining, and actually do something about it. And if you want to have a conversation about this, go ahead and hit me up, but I'm gonna move on. In other related news, I've been finding a lot of new music lately, and I want to say some of the lyrics to Ancient Dreams in a Modern Land by Marina, because I think it'll be a good segue from Lincoln into our other topics for the day. Okay, so Ancient Dreams in a Modern Land goes, Our ancestors had to fight to survive just so we could have a chance of a life. 
We're not here so we can blow it all. We could bear witness to the rise and the fall. You don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to fit into the norm. You are not here to conform. I am here to take a look inside myself, recognize that I could be the eye, the eye of the storm. I am not my body, not my mind or my brain, not my thoughts or feelings. I am not my DNA. I am the observer. I'm a witness of life. I live in the space between the stars and the sky. What's your purpose? Why were you put on earth? You could be lost, but you belong to the world. We're now living in a seminal age. The walls are being broken, and we're ready for change. You know who else was ready for change? Walt Disney. I'm going to give you the top 10 Walt Disney quotes from some random website that told me they were the top 10. Number one, all our dreams come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Number two, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Number three, when you're curious, you find lots of interesting things to do. Number four, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. Number five, togetherness for me means teamwork. Number six, by nature, I'm an experimenter. To this day, I don't believe in sequels. I can't follow popular cycles. I have to move on to new things. So with the success of Mickey, I was determined to diversify. Number seven, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Number eight, a man should never neglect his family for business. Number nine, if you can dream it, you can do it. Number 10, the more you like yourself, the less you are like anyone else, which makes you unique. Okay, so I actually went to Disneyland a week ago today, and I have an unpopular opinion that I really need to share with you guys. So I really do think that Disney people are in an underground cult that no one's telling us about. So think about it. The people with the ears, you know they're in the cult because they have the ears. And they all look miserable in their matching t-shirts with five kids that they personalize like two months in advance. and. Here I'm specifically talking about Disney families, not people in the Disney College program. Now, I know two girls that did the Disney College program, and they're actually pretty normal based on every interaction I've had with them. So I think that the program itself is fine, but I'm just waiting to see who these girls become when they have kids and they actually have a family. Because, you know, time will tell if they become that Disney family with the minivan, with the stickers on the back, and five kids screaming in their matching t-shirts trying to pretend like they're having a good time. Now, I don't want to hate on all Disney families. I know people do go and wear their t-shirts and their ears and I know that they have a really good time like buying those ears but I'm just saying like a generalization from what I saw when I went to Disney like post-COVID. It's a lot of screamers that look like they're not having fun. I, on the other hand, had, I think, the best day ever at Disneyland. I love Disneyland. I have always loved Disneyland. I will always keep going there. I will bring my family there. But I would not identify myself as a Disney person 
or a Disney girl or a Disney family in the future. Remember, the way to identify these people is they, they buy the ears. They have the ears. And in this cult, if they see your ears, they know that you're a proud member of the cult. And there's also a subset of the cult. It's the Star Wars Disney people. They have Star Wars gear on with the ears. It's like a subset of the cult. It's like their own little group, like a mafia, if you will. Now, I'm not trying to throw shade on the mafia. I'm just calling it like I see it and trying to define what's going on here. I just want to let everyone know that I personally identify with Ariel, the Little Mermaid, and there will be more to come on that topic in about two weeks' time, in two Mondays from now. I think this is a good time to insert this week's Where Are They Now segment, okay? This week, we are updating you on Rihanna. Rihanna has now become the richest female musician on the planet. She is worth $1.7 billion, which Forbes estimates, making her the wealthiest female musician in the world, second to only Oprah Winfrey as the richest female entertainer. Now, the bulk of her money, about $1.4 billion, comes from her beauty company called Fenty Beauty. And most of the rest of it lies in her lingerie company, Savage X Fenty. Now, I did see Ariana Grande just dropped her own new beauty line, so I think she's on the come up. I think she's next. So Rihanna has largely left the music scene. She hasn't released a new album since 2016, and she's kind of more on the fashion, beauty, style scene now, and, you know, we're all here for it, so let's see what's next. Well, y'all, it is Sunday night here, and my oven just beeped letting me know my croissant crust pizza is ready, and I've got my Vizzy already cracked. So I need to go have some dinner. So I think it's time that we wrap it up and give you our lesson of the week. This week's lesson comes from none other than John F. Kennedy. I am trying to channel his energy so that we can keep up with, you know, the Kennedys. I'll, I'll kind of be the next Kennedy in the line. His inaugural address when he became president was very inspiring. It was a call to action for the American people for you know, public service and civic action for the greater good. And his historic words and our lesson this week is, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And this doesn't have to be a country thing. This is your community. Our communities make up our country. Ask what you can do to make your community, your family, your, this all goes down to yourself. If you make yourself a better person and don't ask other people to make you a better person and not do any work, then I think we'll be in a good place going forward. But no one wants to do any work these days. And I'm sorry, but it's time that we work on ourselves so that we can transform our communities and we can transform our states and our country to become a better, more inviting place for everyone involved. And with that, I'll see you next Monday.